to episode two of the Talk Healing to Me podcast. It's your girl, Christina Nicolai, breathwork facilitator and intuitive healer. And I'm not going to list everything, but most importantly, I'm here on this podcast to share stories, to give a platform for people to share their healing ups and downs but like in a raw real way like I I don't want this to be or sound or feel scripted I want it to just be like real raw conversations seeing where they go and at the same time giving you the listener tips and inspiration and just this feeling of like oh I'm not the only one so This episode, I'm bringing back a former guest and one of my closest friends and one of the most powerful healers that I know, Lindita, also known as Lindita Naturalista on Instagram. She has been doing this for like, I don't even know, like 13 years or something. And she's my age. So just to think, like I just started this healing world like five years ago, but to think that someone my age has been doing this like almost three times that long is like fascinating to me and she gets into what led her on this path of healing where it kind of started and how it's blossomed since then good word blossomed anyways i'll let you find out for yourself so this is gonna be the first interview in my new rebranded podcast talk healing to me and um, I wanted to bring you on because I think it's obvious why I wanted to bring you on. You were one of the most successful interviews that I've had this whole the whole podcast. <laughs> oh. And you're my girl. And it's so funny before I got on to, to talk to you, I was like, I had this like flashback, like a vision of when we first met. like where we are now I was thinking that today too it's so funny I was totally thinking about when we first met dude it's so crazy like I I can retell the story right now because do it it. (laughs) for people who don't know the story so I met Lindita um on Instagram this was like right when the pandemic hit right was like no it was right before because I don't it was I think so okay maybe it was right before and I found you because I had just started like getting into my coaching and I didn't meet any other Albanian girls that were really into healing the way you were so when I found you I don't remember how I found you I think it was through Lena my sister yeah and I was like oh shit I found you and I was looking through your stuff and then I think I liked something and commented and then you never responded or like followed me back or anything. And then that unhealed part of me, the ego was like, what the fuck? She's like, doesn't want to be my friend or like whatever it was. And so I ended up unfollowing you. And then, and then you followed me, I think after that. Hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay. That was just my ego bullshit, honest mm. bullshit again. So I think we just started messaging each other back and forth. And then 
I suggested us like getting on a call and I wanted to hear more about your story. This is when I was like really wanting to meet people. And then we got on the phone and I ended up telling you about that, how I unfollowed you. <clears throat> yeah, I totally, honestly, I think it was right after Maya was born. I'm not sure. Did I have her yet? Did I have Maya? Do you remember? I think you were just about to have her. Okay, because I, I remember following you around your birthday or something like that. Either, I don't know what it was, but I know I know it was late fall and I, I'm darn sure I got you through through Lena and I don't know what she posted. It was it had to be something organic where I was like, oh, okay, another another Albanian like organic hippie chick. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> they used to be my MO, Albanian hippie, and I, I cycled through that a few times too. But um, anyway, yeah, good times. And then honestly, like, I think the reason I decided to give you a sounds so pathetic. I forget like high school freaking just drama. Um, uh, was the fact that you were so vulnerable in telling me that story. Like mm. otherwise, not that I didn't have time for people, but I was like so focused on my own healing and I was so focused on like growing my business that I just was in my own lane. But then I was like, holy hell, like the fact that she's willing to be like that raw and that honest about how we found each other online. I'm like, she definitely deserves my time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think because you laughed at me and you're like, oh my God, you're funny. And then after that, we just freaking became like talking every single day, pretty much. Mm. And now like we became inseparable, you know, <laughs> virtually. <laughs> my, first, my first Instagram relationship, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then just seeing how much we've changed in this friendship, know. like how we've helped each other grow too. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Insane. I remember like, I remember like getting on calls with you and like, Again, I think I just had my or whatever, but I was like fresh in the Instagram world. I'd not yet really taken it serious. I was just whatever posed here and there or whatever. Yeah. And um, I don't know what we were talking about, but you're like, oh my God, share this. Like you need to share this. Like the more spiritual side of you. I'm like, really? Like, is that what people want? And you're like, no, like this is what you're good at. Like you're, you're so there, you're so with it. I'm like, okay. And that really like forced me to, I don't know, just share more and not be not that I was afraid to share. It was just, um, I wasn't, I had yet, like, I had yet to get into that space where I felt comfortable about sharing. And then also I had so much to share. I'm like, where do I freaking start? Mm -hmm. I had a combo with this with like another friend of mine the other night. She's like, how come you never share this? How come I'm like, I don't know. I'm just so overwhelmed. I feel like I, I need like a whole day dedicated to like what I can share on here in this space. But here we are. Still to this day, you have so much under your belt. If you want to just share your journey, because yeah. you, you've been doing this for a while, like when it wasn't like trendy, I'm not saying it's trendy to be healthy or anything, but like before it became this known thing, before it started spreading, yeah, I before think before social media was a thing. That's what it is. I think Instagram um, really open that space up for people to like try new things. And just like, um, someone messaged me like a couple of months back about, Hey, Oh my God, you always told me about chlorophyll. I never got it until I saw it on TikTok. So I think that's like the cool thing about these trends and like social media is like they bring things out in the open and people can popularize them. But yeah, I used to think like, 
I used to think like, oh my God, no one's into this. Not that no one's into it, but not a lot of people are. But now, oh my God, Instagram and social media is like really blown it up. So that's cool. Um, I'm happy about that. But yeah, kind of makes me feel like the OG in the sense of like, um, yeah, this was always a part of my life. And I had no idea, like even when Instagram first started becoming popular, I'd have my clients, like my regular one-on-one clients that I would see at my office or in my home. Like back then it was like doing consults out of my home and like parties, like three, four girls would be like, yeah, come on over. Do you know, do muscle testing on us. Mm-hmm. And um, a few of the girls were like, oh, you need to get on Instagram. You need like, there's this girl called organic Olivia. You'd love her. Like everything she talks about, like you, like back then, like parasites was my thing. Like that was just a real big part of my life. So like, there's a girl who talks about parasites. Like, oh my God, you'd love her. And I was like, oh, no, that's not for me. You know, I was like making all these excuses. I'm like, that's just people just jump, jumping on a fad. Like I was just, but now that I see the need, I was like, oh, okay. Like, no, you go where the people are at. You know, how many freaking billion people are using social media these days? So um, I think it took it really serious when I um, quit my job and wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Then I'm like, okay, maybe I can, you know, at least be a part of life a part of community somehow if I couldn't do it in person you know I was so committed to being a mom and um having like my home births and that preparation alone kind of takes me out of the outside world and puts me in my own world what do you think opens you up to getting into this world because I mean for most people it's suffering so like but um, the also world or the healing what do you mean what, what the part healing the whole right. healing because not just being Albanian, I didn't see this stuff growing up ever. Like, so so the fact that you started as early as you did as an Albanian, I'm not saying all Albanians are like this, but Albanians in Michigan, from what I know, I never saw anyone into this. So what was it that opened you up to this world? Like, were you seeing this around you and like, being like, Hey, this is interesting. Or yeah. yeah tell me that story. The first, um, the first real introduction was when infomercials were like pretty popular. I think I was like a junior in, um, high school and my sister, I don't know if she had a credit card or she ordered off the phone, but it was an infomercial about this colon cleanse. So my sister's like, hey, like, you know, internet's like kind of just really at like its peak in MySpace days and Facebook's just kind of starting. And she's like, hey, she's like, look at, actually, I don't think Facebook was around at this time. She's like, hey, look at this. Like this lady, like (laughs) shit, 10 pounds of whatever, like packed a fecal matter. Like we were so fascinated with the pictures online. Like we were just like, what the hell? This is insane. And I always had like constipation issues. I always had acne but I never like tied it together. I never thought whatever. So I'm just like, okay, order it for us. So she did it. She ordered me one and we were just fascinated from there. And then like with it came like a booklet on like health and longevity and all this stuff. So that's kind of how it started. Um, And then she would make like, um, like different foods. And then, um, cause like I said, she was on with the credit card or whatever, the car, everything. And so she started us on like coconut oil and apple cider vinegar and um so we're always there was Mm -hmm. that's so interesting because like if i saw a colon cleanse commercial back then i would have been like (laughs) click 
yeah. like what was it that made you guys like interested in that you feel like it was just in you or like I don't know I, I again I don't know if it was like it was uh, poop things I don't know like if we were we we're concerned about like how often you should go to the bathroom um I don't know I think it was just I don't know I never really asked her but I, I'm telling you, I think it was the pictures. I think it was the actual, like, the pictures of what people passed during these cleanses. Yeah. I think we were fascinated. And then, oh, you know what? Honestly, I think even for me, it was like, um, I think it was the the weight. This is the first time I've ever thought about it, actually. But, like, you know, they're like, um, lose 10 pounds of fecal matter. I'm like, well, I'm constipated my whole life. I have to have, like, a bunch of weight in there. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think, I think the weight thing, like the gimmicky, like, you know, helps you lose weight and excess weight and stuff. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that totally never even thought about that until now. Um, yeah. Because then we heard about like, um, like different people that were into it. Um, I think it was like Elvis Presley or something had died with a bunch of fecal matter in him. And that kind of like made colon cleansing really popular. I don't know. So yeah, that was the, that was the very beginning. Um, and then, yeah, um, I don't know. I got out of high school, my first year in college. Um, I was like, I had a car I had like, you know, I was working, so I was feeling like financially independent. So I'm like, let me just try a different grocery store. Like I was feeling brave or whatever. And so like, I ended up at whole foods and I was like, what is this world? Like, what is this? And so then um, I just like gave myself like, I, th I don't know, it was like a month or a few weeks, like maybe two, three weeks. And I said like, let me just eat this. Like, is there something to this? Let me just eat organic food all week, next two weeks. Like, let me see how it goes. And I don't know if it was just because it was high quality food or what it was, but like instantly I felt better. And like instantly, like I started to like lose weight. Like I was coming into my own. Like I was just feeling more aligned. Like I was like, oh, like I feel great like eating this food. Um. Still went through college. I like thought I wanted to do physical therapy. And then um, back then, like the nursing shortage was big. Like we just had a global, you know, shortage of nurses. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to nursing. So I was going into the, all this, these things just to have a job. But my last year of uh, my, my bachelor's degree, I had a holistic medicine class and it changed my life. Like this is what, the 2008, 2009? And, um, I'll never forget, like we used to meditate before tests and he used to ask people if they wanted to participate. And those who did, um, got better grades on their tests. So, mm -hmm. so he'd be like, all right, listen, he's like, they say this, but let's play an experiment. So we do it. We got introduced to like neurofeedback. So he had someone bring in like a neurofeedback machine where he like placed all these <clears throat> like probes and things on our head and then measured like our different um, brainwave states according to like what we were experiencing. So we'd tell a story, we'd tell like a baseline yeah. story, we'd tell like, you know, um, something exciting. Then we'd tell something like depressive or whatever. And then we'd see the changes in our brainwaves, like live, like in the classroom. Oh, that's so fascinating. I would love oh, that. so amazing. So I was like, that class changed my life. And I was like, I want to do this. I don't know. Like back then it was called the complementary medicine or something like that. And um, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I love this. And so that was my last class. I graduated and I was supposed to go to PT school and I kind of just didn't have any movement with that. I was, I was working, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I'm like, well, everyone's hiring nurses. I could be a traveling nurse and make a whole bunch of money. And it was like, that was my other path, but I've always been fascinated with the human body. 
And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look online. I'm going to see what I can learn. I'm going to see what schools are out there. And um, there was only, I think, Lombard, Illinois and Bridgeport, Connecticut were like the closest schools for like naturopathy for like a natural doctor. Um, I still didn't take myself serious. I'm like, oh, there's no way I can do that. I'm not smart enough. I don't know if I will get in. And then also like a weird part of me just didn't want to leave home. Like I still had that Albanian mentality of like, oh, you, you have a degree. Now you graduate. Now you get married kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I don't think I put my, I don't think I took myself serious as far as career and making things happen. Like my priority was always like, let's get married. Let's have a baby. Um, it, I wasn't obsessed with that, but I wanted that. I, I wanted to be married and have children. And then something in my, you know, programs, like it was like, it has to be right after college. Like, yeah. so everything for me was like a list. It was like a checklist. It wasn't because I was, you know, embodying my quest to be a mother. Um, Were you in the Albanian community a lot then, or? I don't, I don't, what's in the Albanian community? Define that. I don't know. I guess that's a w- weird way of saying yeah, it, but like, like going to like, did you go to a lot of weddings, hang out with a lot of Albanians? Like, dude, because I just asked just out of curiosity, not for any, like, I have no. I think I, I think, I think I would answer that. Yes. I think so. Like we went to festivals and stuff. Um, I just, we always had our cousins. I don't know. I never really, I don't know. I had like a few friends here and there, but. I don't know. I, I think I'm answering that honestly. Okay. I was, I was there, but like, again, I, we were so involved with our cousins growing up that we didn't really have a, a social group outside of that. <clears throat> yeah. Cousins for Albanians are like friends. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like your friends are your cousins. Um, yeah. Seriously. But I was just curious, just because you were talking about the the marriage thing. So I just, that mm. question popped up in my head. Um, yeah, and but- no, listen, no one pressured me, you know, it, but it was me. I was like, Oh, you got to get married by a certain yeah. age because I want kids at a certain age. Like it was yet to like, it, it was yet for like people to like start exploring and like going to different countries and like traveling. Like had I really been smart, I would have done that, you know, instead of like having that quest of like wanting to get married. But um, even like when my sister um, went to Italy, I was like, wow, what a cool idea. Like, that's so cool. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so um, yeah. So then after whatever, after just kind of not knowing where to go, I went back to my college and I like knocked on my professor's door. I found his like his his hours and I was like, hey, and I'll never forget. It was Dr. Jarsky. And I think, I believe you also taught at U of M. Anyway, so I was like, hey, I really like this. Like, can I make a living from this? And everything was about right success and what you can do with it. It's like, it was not like, this is a passion project. It was like, can I make a living? Can I, you know, have some kind of status or is this considered a real doctor? Like that was all ego. And it was all like trained, right. Cause my family knew I love medicine, not just family, like society in general. Yeah, totally. And he's like, you know what? He's like, if you really, really like believe in it, he's like, yeah, you can do anything. And like, he kind of gave me this great pep talk. And then from there, just started taking classes. Um, And yeah, just never stopped. Um, Wow, I'm missing a bunch of key. There's a bunch of key points in the story. I just feel like I'll be rambling. Um, I love this because it's like, I've known you for, I feel yeah, like I've you known you forever, you know, I feel, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've known you forever, but like, 
there's still so much that I don't know. So like, honestly, even talking about it now, I haven't thought of it. I'm like, that's a whole nother world. I don't even remember that person. Like, I don't even know who that was. Like, all I hear is like people pleaser, um, like not knowing what boundaries are. Um, like, it's just so weird. Isn't it crazy to like, it's like when you go through a spiritual awakening, or whatever someone else would want to call it. If you don't want to call it a spiritual awakening out there, if you want to call it like a, just some kind of awakening. Yeah. Shift. You look back at an, a prior version of yourself and you're just like, Whoa, who was that person? Don't even know who it was. Yeah. And it's so funny because like, Every time I up level, like in my own craft or in my home space, or if I have like a discovery about myself that I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was doing that. Like it amazes me that there's still more to uncover. Like you think you've been down the rabbit hole and there's just more, more and more and more. But like when I, when I scale back, I'm like, holy hell, like, how did I get here? How did we get here? Like, it's just, it's a wild journey. Like I feel like I've lived thousands of lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. a year let alone 10 years I bet it's like you starting the work when you did and I I just started the work like four more than four years ago and how I did you like, get into it? now I gotta hear you like how did you really get into it I mean like I've always even when I was younger I always had this this something in me that was like I'm gonna do something bigger in this life I don't know what it is but I just I know I'm gonna do something big Mm. um and the problem was that I was obsessed with finding out what that was Mm. and that stressed me out too much um but I knew I was like I'm gonna help people I don't know how I'm gonna help people we're gonna help people and I started to get into astrology randomly I don't know why but that was like where the little you know opening to the spiritual world happened And I guess it's the Scorpio in me, you know, like being obsessed with the mysteriousness and like the darkness of life, whatever. Um, But I was always a really sensitive kid, Mm. super sensitive, you know, everything, even like physically, like I felt everything and I had issues, stomach issues since I was a kid. I had all all the things. Did you have sweaty palms? I didn't have that. My best oh my friend God. had that. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I just, I thought there was something wrong with me. So even at Albanian weddings, and I created such shame around that. Like everyone's like, oh my God, ew, your hands are so sweaty. I didn't know that that was like social anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Like my hands are so fucking sweaty. They were so sweaty and it would be bad where I wouldn't even want to dance. I oh. wouldn't want to like. I've heard that before actually. At hilarious. Yeah. Um, my thing was like, I feel, I feel like something bad's going to happen. Mm. and now I look back and like girl that was anxiety yeah you just always feel like something bad's gonna happen like even though nothing bad is gonna happen um but I don't want to go like too deep into my story but like (laughs) all that sensitivity and not knowing what to do with it and all the emotions that were like trying to explode out of me and no one was teaching me how to handle those or how to heal or like that feeling emotion was even okay. I eventually, it was a relationship. It was a relationship that brought me to my rock bottom. Mm. 
And because that person that I was in a relationship with, he was like a manifestation of both my parents, like all of the things. Cause you know, when you're unhealed, a lot of times you, you attract people or are attracted to people who remind you of what you know, right? Of course. <clears throat> so if what I knew was the traits that he had that were kind of unhealthy, the unhealthy traits that I grew up with, I thought that was normal. So I was like, oh, I know this. This is familiar. This is my subconscious. This is mm. familiar. And so it almost was like I felt comfortable there, even though it was unhealthy. Yeah. And then all of the stuff started coming up, everything from my childhood, all the stuff that I stuffed down, everything came up all at once. It was like an explosion of everything. And, you know, spiritual awakenings are not easy on you. Mm. So hit rock bottom in my like mental health, physical health, everything. And it's funny that you say that, but it's like, it's almost like it, that really that was just the last, like the straw that broke the camel's back. Because yep. if you peel it back, like there's always some, there's always a red Absolutely. flag. Absolutely. Like that's what I realized for me is like, even when I was little, I mean, young, I used to just say, I'm a good guesser. Like I'd be like, hey, Bobby's home. And they're like, oh, stop lying. And, they, and like he'd show up. I'm like, oh my God, he's really here. Like just random synchronicities, mm-hmm. random synchronicities that always question like, it always made me question, like, if magic was real. Like, as a kid, mm. I'd be like, you know, can you wish something? Um, I don't think I've ever shared this. I don't even think you know this. Um, but I had a weird, weird feeling before my dad passed. Mm. And I even asked my mom something weird, like something in terms of, like, if he died. Mm. And this is like a couple of weeks before he passed. <clears throat> and um, that morning, my sister, we were away at basketball camp and my sister was like, I just have a weird feeling. Something is not right. Something's going on. And it was like nine o'clock in the morning or something. Well, a couple hours later, like my uncle comes and picks us up. And sure enough, at that time, it was like when he passed and, um, yeah, I don't know how we got there, but, oh yeah. So my intuition really got halted because I'd felt that I manifested that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It really fucked me up for a long time. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, I was like, Oh my God, did I create that? Because as a kid, like I would manifest things like really quickly. Again, synchronicity is what happened. And I was like, did I pick up on something that inevitably was going to happen or did I wish it to happen? So I spent a lot of years in the dark like just battling my own psyche of like afraid um, to go on my intuition, afraid to like make decisions. Um, yeah. I don't think I ever even shared that with you, but you totally just triggered that during the combo. Wow. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. It's, <laughs> it's so interesting. Like, I mean, I think when you're in a conversation where you're both being vulnerable and you both have similar mindsets, things come out in a different way, in a different light. Like you start to see it from a different light, like, oh, wow. And you start making connections. Like that's why that happened. And that's why that thing turned into this thing. And I started acting this way or being afraid of this, or it's really like when you start to investigate your own life, 
you start to connect the dots and that's only the beginning of healing, right? That's the cognitive part of it. Totally. But it's a powerful part of it. For sure. It really is. Um, wow. So from there, where do you think you kind of changed that? Like where you started to trust yourself again or? or... It wasn't until I started doing my own healing on my gut. <clears throat> And, um, like after I graduated high school, I was in college and like, I was so determined to like get over my weight issues and like heal my relationship with food. So I hired a personal trainer and I did all the things and I was still constipated, like still constipated. I would like do those, um, we called them poop teas. Okay. But as we got older, we realized it was senna leaf. So I was always like drinking the teas, doing the cleanses, like just trying different things. And um, I went to doctors and they were like, oh, well, that's normal. Some people do. I'm like, no, like I don't go all week. Like that's not fucking normal. Like mm. don't tell. They had never entered any answers for me ever. So the only thing they would ever do is like prescribe me a stool softener. I just naturally never took them. I was like, what is this? Like, really, this is not the root cause. And I'm not okay with doing things that don't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, even like, I remember like reading some, like the side effects and thinking like, this can't be normal. Like this is totally going to dehydrate me or whatever. I just, I wasn't okay with like not having more answers. So um, the last straw was I had gone. No, this is not had yet to go to my see yet. Hold on. Um, I went weeks without going like two weeks and what? I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was normal for me. Oh my God. Once in 10 days, once in two weeks, like that was oh, normal. Did it feel like you were going to explode? Like, did it no, feel like. No. And then even when I, even when I started losing weight, even when I was like in shape, like the most fit I was like, I was hardcore at the gym. Even when I looked physically the best, I still had a flat stomach. It, like you could not tell but I, I felt toxic inside. And when you're constantly, you just, you just feel like fucking beating someone up. Like there's oh, just yeah. rage in you. You know what I mean? You just yeah. have rage. People I don't know That's a backed up liver, by the way. <laughs> I used to feel like, cause I, I recently started to really discover this. Like if I'm feeling like off in my stomach or like I'm constipated or whatever, I feel the irritation coming up and I'll tell people mm. around me like, mm. I'm feeling that irritation coming up. I know it's connected to my gut. Just like letting you know, like, Totally, totally, totally. So interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So from there, it was like I'd gone two weeks and I remember getting up from the couch. I was a big coffee drinker too at the time. I was going to get more what? coffee. Yeah. I was going to get more coffee. Oh, I would drink a pot a day. And my grandma was with me and I freaking fainted because I, I, I think I got up and I think I was really anemic and I think I was just full of freaking parasites. You name it. Like I'm full of shit. I was just full of shit. Just put it lightly. And I fainted and I broke my foot. And that's what really was like, we got to really look at this now. Like I just felt toxic. And like, you know, when you like, you shake and you're just like, Ugh. like, it just felt like just toxic as shit. Like I just felt so gross. And then um, at the time I was going to the gym with this girl, we were personal training together. And she's like, Hey, she's like, I know you broke your foot. She goes, but I think you should see this chiropractor. She's like, you know, he's amazing for extremities, for feet, for hands. And she's like, it's not just the back. Like he got you, he's got you, like you should go. And also he does supplements. I'm like, okay, cool. So 
I had like done the foot thing. Um, every doctor I went to, by the way, wanted to like, um, they wanted to put all these screws and rods and shit in my ankle, like in my foot. It wasn't the ankle, it was the top, the metatarsals. And something within me was like, no, like just wait, just hold on. Um, but it took me three or four doctors to find a good podiatrist. And I found this guy and he's like, yeah, we'll just put a cast on it. And I'm like, can I ask you why, why would I, why is everyone else telling me to have surgery? He's like, we need screws, rods. He goes, you need a surgery to put them in. You need a surgery to put them out. I was like, that's an easy 25 K. He goes, uh, I was like, really? Like that was me like crazy. Like they want to, did I tell you about in 2008 when I had the stomach issues and it was like pain to the point where I was in the fetal position and I couldn't move. And then I went to the hospital and they fed me like ice for like 10 days, five days. I don't know how long it was. And then they told me I needed to remove a part of my intestine because it was inflamed. Shut up. They wanted to do surgery. And I said, no, I was 18 years old. And I remember them calling me to set up the surgery. And I was like, I'm not doing it. They're like, what? And I was like, I'm not doing it. And they're like, Mm. okay. And then they like ended up giving me this long, like three, four or five page list of what I couldn't eat. But like now looking back, like you want to cut a chunk out of my intestine because it's inflamed. Yeah. I was just fortunate to say no as well. But anyway, so yeah, so that the doctor told me whatever. He's like, no, just put a cast on it. He goes, it's a freaking minor break. He's like, this is, it's ridiculous. So, um, I went to this chiropractor and he's like, Hey, what'd you do to your foot? It's like, I fell, whatever, you know, broke. He's like, how long ago? I'm like, at least a month. He's like, you should be healed. I'm like, no, the guy said, he goes, no, you should be healed. He goes, you're young enough. He goes, where, you know, your body definitely should have a quicker response. He's like, let me take a look at it. So he looks at my foot, like my foot and he goes, pops it. And he's like, your arch was out of place. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, he goes, now you'll, you'll heal quicker. And he's like, if you want, he's like, you can take these supplements too. He's like, how did it happen? So I tell him. I thought I was there for my foot. And I tell him, he's like, oh, so you don't poop. Okay. Yeah. Here. So then he like, he started me on like hydrochloric acid. So that was like my first uh, time at HCL. And you're that, taking a, a HCL? That was the first time that I was exposed to that. So I took it and I went to the bathroom for the first time, like in my life, just like easy peasy, not even that, but I, it was like an emotional release. Like I was crying. I was so impacted. Like that relief, like I literally, like I was crying. And it's funny because at the time I was also going to school for naturopathy. So everyone in my class knew about my poop issues. So I went to class the next weekend and I'm like, you guys. It was was such a big deal. It was such a big, like everyone knew me. That is a big deal. Freaking two weeks without that's, that's. Yeah, that was normal. That was so normal. So do you feel like now looking back that, you know, the root cause of it, was it beyond food or like, is there emotional thing to it? Okay. Even the word root cause, I use it a lot, but you know what? It's never one thing. It's always a combination of things. It's a combination of it's a combination of food, dehydration. I was an excessive coffee drinker. Um, 
it, when I do like emotion code healing, it always came back to 14 years old when my dad died. Like it was like, boom, like right there. But honestly, I had stomach issues always when I was little, always, always, always. And for me, it showed up through parasites. So yeah, wild. It is crazy. And when you look into like the root causes, that, there's so much. Yeah. So much. When you look into the root causes, you can also think like, okay, if there was like a something emotional that was happening at that time, did it cause me to start eating this way? Or like, oh, did that sure. eating that way cause me to start drinking coffee this way? And, you know, did I start drinking coffee because I wanted to be awake for this thing? And like, it's all connected. No, totally, totally. So you do you a know, map of, of everything. Honestly, you know, when I noticed this was when I went vegan. I don't know if I was pregnant with Aaron or just had him somewhere around that time. But um, the last thing for me that I could not let go of was butter. Everything else. I was like, fine. Like, like I wasn't big on red meat anyway, chicken. eh. Um, But at this time, meat was grossing me out. And I just naturally, and honestly, I wasn't even connected to like animals. I just, I didn't feel like eating meat. That's it. That's all I can say. And so I'm, well, I'm here anyway. Let's try going, going, going vegan. And so the last thing was butter. And there's something about butter when I ate it. It just like, oh, it like cooled my brain. It was like, it was like literally like a drug. I was like, oh my God, this is like a high. Like, and so I just sat with it in meditation. I'm like, what is it though about this butter? And do you know my thoughts? They unwinded and they took me all the way back to my childhood at my grandma's. Mm -hmm. She had the same uh, bagel and butter. Okay. It was something. This is where the hatred for bagels comes in. <laughs> right. So, and what I tied it to was I was in a family of five. When I went to my grandma's, I like, I got my attention. Like my grandma, like, gave, like it was, it was just about me. Right. I didn't have like older, younger siblings. So like, I felt like taken oh, care of. Yeah. yeah. And so the, it was the bagel and the butter and the coffee, bagel, butters and coffees. That's where I knew my coffee addiction. Also, like, I just, I love the smell. I loved um, cream and sugar. My coffee was just dessert. Like I drink coffee at a really early age. Um, but yeah, the, it was the butter. And I was like, holy shit, this is it. I go, I can't let go of that feeling of being loved by my grandma. Like that's oh, how she loved so us. Crazy. So like, Cause when other people were around, it, it was just too hectic. So the kids would go in the basement, adults would be upstairs. It's just how it was. And so I was like, wow, this is like, no, this is when I slept over. And she like took care of me. She made me breakfast. Like, you know, I never had that as a, in my mind as a kid, you know? So it always comes back to like love, being yeah. loved, being heard, being enough. 100%. And like, it's so weird too. Like today, a freaking car came in, like a delivery car for Domino's. And the first thing that popped into my head was, oh, like that feeling of ordering a pizza and just chilling and watching a movie and that, and I'm like, why does that, why does that sound so good to me? Why, why does it, what's the feeling that it's creating for me? Mm. And uh, thinking about it, it's like growing up, like with your family, you, you would sit together and like hang out and like have a pizza and, and watch TV. It's like just yeah. a feeling of relaxation and enjoyment. Yeah. But I'm like, I noticed it in that moment. I'm like, oh, there's a wiring there. 
there's yeah, like a connection a remembrance that yeah my brain and body are making but I can choose to be like no I can rewire that and yeah. find a new way of nourishing and, and a new way totally. of comfort totally I felt the same when I stopped drinking coffee I just I love the comfort I love, I love a hot cup in my hand. I love snuggling, you know, in these, these winters, like that was my thing. And so I just like started replacing it with tea. And then now it's like making my own lattes and just having fun with them. Yeah. That's like with my sugar, I used to love sugary drinks. I used to love sodas growing up. Like, mm. oh my God, if my dad got a soda, that would go in, in like a day or two. It's crazy. Mm. But now, like when I taste things with a lot of sugar, it grosses me out. Like, yeah, honestly. Yeah. But honestly, like soda grosses me out. Yeah. I like, I, th- I actually think about it. Uh, you know what? Even before then, I, you know, what? actually like what memory comes to mind is like, remember home alone where he's got the brother that sleeps with him upstairs and um, he wets the bed. Mm-hmm. Like all I think about is like, <laughs> all I think about is like sugar, feeds candida feeds parasites like makes you wet your bed like that's literally what I think about I just think of like being on a sugar high and like having parasites and wetting the bed like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> I make these associations also to help me retrain my brain so yeah. when I was working me and my cousin were together and like we would talk like I would be so judgmental right about bagels and um donuts by so the way anything- to everyone listening that's why I said the bagel thing she has like She's prejudice, prejudice against bagels. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what it is. My cousin called me. She's like, I've never met him that hates bagels <laughs> as much as you. It's not that I hate them. They're freaking delicious. I just think they're so calorie dense and such a waste of such a waste of calories. Like they, they just there is no fuel to them yeah. unless you're running a freaking marathon. OK, or something. But for me, it's like empty calories. I just feel like, OK, you eat it, you crash. And then what's next? You have another sugar craving, bad food and just a sick cycle. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but I was I was really always good at being the observer. So I noticed that like that environment, that work environment, the reason why people hated it is because they start the morning with coffee. They're on this drive. They're on this buzz. And they, they get to the office, right? The office is like, oh, boss buys you bagels. You think like, oh, I'm being taken care of. No, you're fucking not. That cuts pro- productivity so bad. So I was getting so upset and I was taking it so personal because I didn't eat that way. And like, you can outwork this person two, three times because you're not having these insulin crashes and freaking these mood swings because of that, you know know what I'm saying? Anyway. So, um, we would joke around and I was like, how do you guys just not eat that stuff? So my my cousin, I'm like, well, you know what? I just look at it and I just think it was donuts this day and they're all fancy and decorated, whatever. This is how I program myself. I just think, it feeds yeast. All I think is PMS. All I think is candida. All I think is yeast infection. All I think is migraine. All I think is like period cramps. Like I'm just thinking of all the things that sugar does. And then when I think of it, I'm like, yeah, not worth it. (laughs) You got to really like train your brain to go there because like, it's not even training your brain. Sometimes it's, you really got to hit, like you said, rock bottom to like, just never go back there again. Yeah. And it's, you only someone can determine how, whatever, what rock bottom is for them. Like if you knew it was keeping you from something, you know what I'm saying? Like if you knew how you felt without it. And I think for me, like I was always very hard headed. Like I was like, 
I always wanted to know that I could say no to something. Like I just, I love that power with coffee. I loved it, but I love saying no. Just Is this where as Maya gets it from? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why in that moment I just thought of Maya. Oh, yeah. Her daughter yeah. for everyone who's listening. Hilarious. Hilarious. So yeah, it's hard though. Like if you're emotionally attached to food, that's a, a layer of, of healing that needs to be done. And listen, I think for everyone at some point, there's an emotional attachment. I think it's our, it's our lifeline. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's our connection. Um, it's where we're fed. And even like um, studying meridians and Chinese medicine, they say like all your elements, they come right to your belly button. So the source of your electricity of your light is your belly button. And all around it is like, you know, the different elements, wood, water, whatever, metal, fire. And um, it always makes me think of like the Care Bears. They shine light like from their belly button. Um, I don't, I actually don't even know how I got started on that. Sorry. Just went off on a tangent and couldn't complete the thought. Emotional. We were talking about emotional eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you think of like all your center, your energy, your electricity, it's then it was also like, right, it was the attachment to your placenta is what you were being fed on, like your, your lifeline. So mm-hmm. I look at that in terms of like motherhood and pregnancy and being fed and being nourished and breastfed and all, all that goes with that. There, there's always going to be an emotional attachment. Do you think that, like, how do you think that plays into our culture as Albanians? Because Albanians food? love food. Albanians food is love. love. Food is love. Food is love. Food is love. Because I think, I think they starved for affection and intimacy. Mm. And because, you know, um, they didn't have nannies or sitters or help, you know, I don't know if we were talking about this the other day, but like even the concept that our, our dad's generation and my mother-in-law, like their like if their neighbor didn't have a son or a daughter, they would give one of their children up to the next family. Oh wow! Do you know? I know of many people that that's happened to. You must not. Really? No. Yes. Fucking yes. No. Yes. This. Yes. So pretty much like let's say like you had a hard winter, you have land, your lifeline is your cow is your crops and you don't have any children to work it or you don't have a son. You know what I'm saying? Like someone freaking with a strong back and this family over here had seven sons. They would give one of their children. Yeah. They did my mother-in-law. They were neighbors, their neighbors. They lived in um, Podgorits. So it was like, not really, eh, it's still farmland. Um, but yeah, they didn't have children. So they gave their daughter up for all these years. They're like, okay, well, yeah, you can have her. I'm thinking, what kind of freaking psychological damage does that do to someone? Yeah. And she is, she's like the people pleaser, the giver. Like she just, she wants to be recognized. She always wants to cook or this or whatever. But I was thinking, holy hell, could you imagine being given up to go to another family? Yeah. Like, for this like forever or for a short time? I think up until either, I don't know, until the family either had help or I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure with her, though, I think she graduated high school 
which is very rare for her time. I'm pretty sure that the family was like more well-to-do, like they were wealthy, they couldn't have children or something. So their family, they had a lot of kids and they struggled. So it was almost like kind of like not good for the kid, but it's like, had they, you know, stayed home, they would have, I don't know, had scarce, I feel like food mindset where, you know, maybe they have to ration their food, but here, here your neighbor is who's well-to-do wealthy or whatever. But yeah, she graduated high school. She actually went to high school, which is so rare for that time. Do you think also like um, this whole, like loving food so much is also because a lot of our ancestors didn't have that much food. Like it wasn't a luxury. Like it is now, like we love going out to eat and eating really good too. Yeah, I think so. It's that. And it's also what food does is it brings people together. Mm-hmm. You know, think of all the, you know, Thanksgiving as like a lot of people's favorite or like Easter like, like food. Yeah. Feasts for sure. Like all my childhood memories revolve around the holidays and feasts. Yeah. So I think so it's just, true. yeah, it's that it's, I think it's just what it brings is community and togetherness and memories and yeah. And yeah, that's probably why we love it so much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to kind of pivot now. Yeah. As we like kind of come to a close almost soon. Where do you feel like this journey you can hop you know, as far as you want to, like, you can skip everything and come to where you are now. But like, where do you feel like that journey has led you now? Like, what is your focus now? Because it started off very much around food and the body. But I noticed that you've come to emotions a lot. Mm. And relationship stuff too, and love and like, what do you feel like your focus most on now? I think um, what really calls to me is teaching people how to, um, to express their truth. Mm -hmm. And I say truth because all of those, your physical ailments, and then your emotional, you know, your emotional baggage, all of those things are keeping you from feeling a certain way. And your feeling is what either gives you expression or inhibits expression. And I'm just here to like create and I'm just here to like give love and receive love. And I love, love knowing someone's story. I love knowing why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. I love seeing them evolve. I love um, witnessing the process. So if I were to boil it down and like what's helped me the most is, is I think just being open to the fact that like everyone's here to tell a story and our, I guess, memory of what happened or a recollection of what happened is really based on a, like your level of consciousness and how mm-hmm. aware you are at that time. And then also um, how willing you are to take responsibility for the part that you played in it. Yes. So, oh, it's so important that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's been the theme this week. And as a kid, I was really competitive. And even in my adult days, and I didn't realize, I didn't realize that that came off sour to other people, because it made me like, a I win, you lose. 
Mm. You know, that's how it was viewed, but it wasn't, it was like, no, this is like my own personal victory. Like I love knowing that I worked hard for this or I, whatever, like I'm going to go get it. So now I think a lot of what I do now has shifted to, and it draws in a lot of people that don't like excuses and that want to take responsibility for their actions and want to step in more of the space of creator. So Mm. I love that creation energy. So it's coming together. I'm not sure exactly, but there's a few things that I have in the work. And one is um, aligning with your truth and unfolding all the ways in which you got there and how to express it authentically without making anyone right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. Do you feel like there's anything within the past year, like lessons that you've learned personally on your own journey that you would like to share? Mm. Because this was a crazy, it's been a crazy, you know, almost two years now, but it's been rapid growth, you know, with the people who have been healing or open to healing. It's rapid growth. Honestly, the one thing that really sticks out and it's, it, it keeps coming to me over and over is that your, your most challenging times we go through that as people, we go through it alone. Like it happens to us, right? We think it happens to us. And yeah, you can do the healing and you can try to like get over it, whatever, but there is nothing, nothing like having support from someone else who's been through it Mm -hmm. or um, who has the, I guess, capacity to hold space for you to transcend like that state of being. Mm -hmm. Because as we move forward in life, like, like I said, there's, there's nothing for me more limiting than like the, the, the blockages that we put on ourselves is why we can't have something or why we can't get something. And so, and I always say is like, you know, the struggles by by yourself, but the healing is part of, is the collective is community is support. And you can try to do it alone. And we've talked about this before, but man, when you have support, do you like, can you really just grow exponentially? Um, so that's, yeah. Yeah. There's, and when you think about like trauma healing and co-regulation, like when you try to just heal yourself or work through things yourself, I'm not saying it's impossible, Yeah, but it, it it makes your journey more difficult and it makes it take longer and nothing has helped me grow more in the past four years than learning to invest in myself, to Mm. work with people who show me what's possible and who show me a mirror in front of my face, the things that I either don't want to look at or I I'm not able to see because I'm not conscious of that thing, that habit that I keep falling into the pattern I keep falling into, or this thing that I'm doing that I don't realize is holding me back. And like, there's so much that you don't realize on your own. There really is like in relationships. That's why relationships become such a, uh, a game changer in your life. They, they really show you parts of yourself. You won't see on your Mm -hmm. own. Yeah. So imagine having like a person this is for people who've never worked with a coach or like a healer or a therapist. Imagine having a person whose actual like purpose in life is to help you 
see those parts of yourself, but in a safe space without judgment, mm-hmm. they're there to help you grow. It's like, it's the Game most changer. powerful thing in the world. And, and to piggyback off of what you said of like someone who's gone through it, you can work with therapists, healers, whatever, and, and they could learn whatever they're learning through courses, books, whatever. But for me personally, and I know you agree with this, to work with someone who's actually experienced that growth and gone through the mud, the dirty, dirty, freaking quicksand of, of like rock bottoms, yeah, darkness, and then found their way out that's like you can trust that person has has understands you and and to have that element of this person gets what i'm saying for sure really powerful definitely that's why it's so important to understand your own medicine first Mm. um people ask me all the time how do i do this and it's like you have to embody it first and you can only lead where you've gone. If you're not willing to go there, that's why it's like judgment is so cruel. And I think about all the people that I had given value to what they thought or asked for their opinion. I was like, Whoa, why am I taking advice from people who aren't willing to go there? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Also like, when you think of caring about people's opinions who aren't willing to go there, like, or who haven't gone there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot That's- of us have done that or growing up, that was a really big thing with me, mm-hmm. like caring what people think, you know, that's what kind of what we grew up around. That's what I grew up around, at least in Albanian culture, reputation was everything. It was everything. And, um, learning to let that go and not base your life decisions or your behaviors around what other people think, especially people who don't, who haven't gone through the healing Mm. or even started their healing journey. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that, but like, I felt like it was important to, to mention that. (laughs) I felt where you were going. It was good. It was a good place. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's, it's like been my most recent like mm. breakthrough. Yeah. And I've been like working on it for a while, but it was like, this is the most recent biggest breakthrough with that. Oh man. It's nonstop. Yeah, it really is. But I'm learning to embrace the journey and love it and learn learn from it and use everything i'm learning to spread to other people so yeah and so are you yeah you know what actually i'm gonna add one more thing um for me the biggest shift today and actually it was so it happened with me and my coach and then i heard it on someone on an instagram live and it's almost like it gave me permission Mm. to experience this but i'm like wow I'm not just here to heal and teach. Like I've made that my priority for so long. And it was like, I got permission today to actually fully accept that I'm here to experience joy. 
Mm. And that has been missing from my life so many years. You have no idea. Like every time I get my most, like my most embodied highest self when I'm in meditation and, you know, I have dialogue with myself and I just start giggling. I'm like, oh man, I gotta laugh more. Mm -hmm. And so today it came full circle. I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's allowing myself to experience joy in this serious world as healer and teacher. So That's so important. It's Dude. so, so important. Like if you want to show up for the world as a light worker, I, I don't always like to use that term because I'm always, a, I'm a shadow worker too. Yeah. But, um, but, but we do transmute the darkness into light. Yeah. And we need to experience our own light. Like we're not just here to serve. Yeah. Like, we're here to experience too. And it's so easy to fall into that role of like, I don't want to say this on your behalf, but like on my behalf, like tying my worth to what I do Mm. and forgetting that my worth goes beyond that My Worth is just there. Nothing changes the the worth. It's just there. Yeah. Um, So for anyone who's out there like listening kind of ask yourself what you're tying your worth to because I'm not going to say everyone but pretty much everyone at some point in their lives ties their worth to something outside of themselves Mm. and it kind of pulls us away from uh, who we truly are like as a whole we're more than just this one thing that we're tying our worth to definitely so anyways well that was a good talk i learned more about you i know there's so much (laughs) starting talking like oh my god where do i start no we could have probably talked for another hour but definitely um, thank you for sharing everything that you did Definitely. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, this was good. Good times. Do you have any one last thing that you want to say? Mm, Not really. No, I feel good. All right. Let's just say, okay, love you guys. We're going to wrap this up in a pretty bow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye-bye.